This is the South Bend Beat Podcast, presented by Alpha Dog Agency. This week on South Bend Beat, we have Karima Fowler. Karima was the first minority in St. Joseph County to see a full-time executive office where she served as city clerk for the city of South Bend since 2015. She recently made a career move where she is now the CFO of South Bend Schools. So we sat down, talked about that move, um, talked about moving to South Bend from Jersey when she was younger, and about everything else. So enjoy this talk with Karima Fowler. Thanks for coming by, Karima. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. So uh, it's going to be a free-flowing conversation uh, to kick off this season. Uh, we'll start how we start with most guests. Uh, you are from South Bend? Yes. Kind of fill us in on from birth all the way up until, uh, let's say, post-school. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a little complex because I guess I just told you I'm from South Bend. I'm not originally from South okay. Bend. Um, I am from New Jersey. Oh, okay. <laughs> what part of New Jersey? Uh, East Orange. Okay, awesome. So um, I'm from New Jersey. I moved to South Bend my senior year of high school um, with my father. Um, my grandparents were here. Um, my grandfather retired from the coal mines and said that he, he used to drive trucks through here, and he really liked the area. When he retired, he was going to come back. He came back, bought eight houses, and told his kids, like, whenever you guys want a different scene, you can come here. <laughs> so that's how the South Bend connection happened, huh? Yes. It was just a, randomly from driving through? <laughs> yes. What were some of the biggest transitions going from East Orange to South Bend? Well, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> big transitions. I, I, I had friends. All my high yep. school friends and everything were there, and I played sports. Um, I was a, a cross-country runner, and I played basketball. Okay. Um, so when I came here, I didn't do any of that, so that was really big. Um, it wasn't hard for me to adapt at all because my grandparents had been here, so I used to come here every summer. I used to come in the summer anyway, oh, okay. so I had some friends already. Um, but it was hard. It was, it was, it was a tough um it was a tough year for me. I mean, my senior year and, and leaving and coming to uh, a new school, it, it was tough. Um, but I got here, and my when my credits transferred over, um, I had like 60 credits. I had way more than what I needed. So um, I actually um, worked most of the day, and I started a business. Um, I thought I was going to be this big real estate mogul. So uh, right when I graduated, right at like 18, I bought like – Mm, 18 house I mean not 18 but eight houses really um yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um but by the time I was 23 I was filing bankruptcy it <laughs> didn't work out <laughs> um but then I uh I was in school I actually when I graduated I went back home I went back home for six months because my mother was still in Jersey okay so I went back I came here with my dad I went back home for six months um and just decided that um, I'd probably do better in South Bend. Mm -hmm. And so I came back, and that's when I um, purchased the houses and um, was going to school at IU. And then I, when everything happened with the homes, I was in a what do I, in a what do I do next state. And you're um, 23 at this point. Well, 
I'm not 23 quite yet. Okay. I'm not 23 yet. Um, but I'm I'm looking at this whole real estate thing. Granted, the the properties that I purchased were not in good areas, mm-hmm. right? Right. So here I am trying to manage all of this and go to and go to school. So it it was a lot. <clears throat> um. So I'm in that stage of what do I do next? And I knew the property thing wasn't going so well. Um. But what I did was, I went back to the same office that I had tons of issues with (laughs) and asked for a job. Mm -hmm. And that was my start into government. Um, So before going to the stop in schools, um, I've been in government in the county city building for almost 20 years because I was right out of college, not long out of college when I took the position over there um, in the county assessor's office. And I was with the county for about mm, close to mm, nine years. And in the clerk's office, um, close to 10 years. So you uh, were elected a city clerk in 2015. That's correct? It was Mm -hmm. 2015. And uh, kind of take us through the process of what it takes to end up as city clerk. I mean, I imagine it's a lot of late nights. um, And then kind of either the relief or joy once it's like, okay, this is what I got now. I need to get to work. Kind of take us through the stages that are directly before that. Directly before that. Yeah, directly before I am now city clerk. Wow. <laughs> like even the decision to go for city clerk. Okay. Well, I'd almost have to take you back to the beginning com- okay. when I came into the county. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came into the county, I went into that same office. What I found out about myself early off is that I have to do meaningful work. Yep. And so when I went back to that office, I went back to that office with a very specific thing in mind. I wanted to help. There was nobody in the county city building that looked like me. Um, and the... and people weren't being served. Um, So I went to that office to help because I'm like, hey, if I don't know this stuff, you know, if if I'm having a hard time with it and I don't know this stuff, I could imagine what some of the other people are going through. So I went back to that office and kind of looking at um, problems as opportunities. And I started in that office and I was exposed to politics in that office because um, in the county assessor's office, you're, the county assessor is elected. Um, so did a lot in that office, moved up really quickly because no one really wanted to deal with technology at the time. Um, also worked with the legislator because there was a lot of changes at that time because we hit the economic downfall. Mm-hmm. And um, so there was a sales disclosure mandate. I helped with that, lobbied the legislator a lot to change a lot of the rules and regulations. Um, By the time I left, I was the compliance officer um, in that department. And one of the other things that happened is that um, we had to merge um, 13 township assessor's offices into two. So that happened in my tenure there. Um, I was approached when I was in that office to run for county assessor. I wasn't ready, so I didn't do it. Um, but I was I was exposed to politics in that office. Um, so fast forward, I go to the clerk's office. It's a lateral move. I go to the clerk's office because m- my predecessor wasn't going to run again, um, and I didn't know you know if my position would be safe. And I decided I wasn't going to run, um, so I took a lateral move to the clerk's office, mm-hmm. um, kind of knowing that. At some point, I may run for office. Um, took that move, and John Vordy um, would talk to me a lot. He was kind of a mentor of mine as well, because we were always in the build. We'd see each other around the building. Um, and he's like, Father, you know someday I'm going to retire, because he was actually um, the Portage Township assessor before 
being the clerk. Okay. He's like, you know, I'm going to retire someday, and you should come and work for me. And um, so make long story short, I ended up taking John up on his offer. Um, and even then, I didn't think that it would happen as soon as it did. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of my path into politics. Um, Pete came along and came on the scene. I want to say um, my first two years in the clerk's office, he came around and was running um, his first election. Um, and he kind of reminded me of myself in a sense of um, when I first came into the county city building, you know, just wanting to do something different, um, seeing uh, things that people thought were problems as opportunities. So, and kind of the pushback at first that he got because he was young. Um, I kind of faced the same thing when I went into the county assessor's office the first time around. Like, people right. really didn't take me serious because I was young. Everyone in the building was maybe over 50. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I wasn't your traditional, you know, I, yeah, and I, I was pretty tech savvy, you know, so I wasn't really like your traditional person that you saw working there. So he kind of reminded me of myself, so I started to pay attention to him. And I was like, I kind of like the guy, you know. And so yeah. <laughs> we met a couple of times and talked, talked about his vision and all of that stuff. Um, but along the way, I, he did inspire me um, because of some of the positive changes that he was able to do. Um, and some things didn't come without a cost and all of that good stuff. But right. um, John decided to go ahead and retire. And I didn't really think I was ready. I didn't really. So how, how old are you at this point? At this point, I am 33. Wow. Yeah. I'm 33. But mind you, I also have two kids. Yeah. So at this point, I'm like, huh, am I ready for that? You know, politics can be a bit much. You know, yeah. I work directly with John Vorty, but also with the nine council members. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, man, this, this, this could be a lot. But while I was in that office, I had worked almost every position in the office. So I was in the perfect position to run for clerk. Um, but it's still a lot. And then given the fact that um, when I made the decision to do it, I was gonna be running against a council member who was seasoned and who was the council president at that time. And his you know, his name was a household name. So that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that was a whole lot. So it was, it was one of those things, um, well, you know, I decided I couldn't work for him. So it's like, so either you're going to work for him. I mean, or you're either going to leave right. <laughs> or you're going to run. Yep. Um, so it was one of those things where it was like, you know what? Why not me? Now running, um, as far as like deciding you're going to run campaign, the race, was there anything that really stood out and like surprised you? You're like, I didn't know it was going to be like this. Or was it all pretty straightforward? <sighs> It was pretty straightforward in a sense. I had been around it. You already had experience in it. Yeah, I had experience, so I had been around it. But to actually be in it, it it's a whole nother level. I mean, some of the things, you know, campaigning, I mean, definitely up late nights. And and still, I worked every day, so you can't mix the two. You can't mix your day-to-day work with your political activities. So it was- And two kids. Yes, it was a whole lot. And then that was the other thing, like with my kids, because my daughter was in middle school then, and it's like, "Mm, do I really want to do this? Um, I remember remember very vividly at one time, I was like, I don't know if I could do this. And I I was really upset, (laughs) because my opponent was mean. (laughs) 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 He was mean. (laughs) So I remember being really upset. And um, 
I came home and I, I was so upset. I was crying and my daughter's like, mom, you know the bad guy can't win. <laughs> so that that was everything to me. So um, yeah, it was, it was tough. It was tough. Had to make victory that much sweeter though. Yes, it yeah. did. <laughs> it did. It was a lot of work though, cause I just, for me too, I, I'm the kind of person like no stone unturned. Like I'm going to do everything and I'm, I'm not gonna take anything for granted. And the big piece for me was um, when I finally decided, cause it was tough at the end because of, I was getting pressure on me in a lot of different areas. I mean, right. in particular, my opponent. Right. Um, so it was it was a tough decision. Um, it was a really tough decision. But the thing was, once I had decided win or lose, I'm 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 winning in this anyway. Yep. I was good. Once you decide, once you decide that win or lose, you still win. I was good then. So before we get to your new position, kind of just recap the years uh, that you were city clerk. Um, obviously, the city of South Bend saw some massive leaps uh, mm -hmm. from your time from 2015 to just recently uh, when you moved to your new position. Just kind of recap your time <clears throat> as city clerk and a few things that maybe stood out. Um, my time as city clerk um, came in and did a lot. I had. Um, did you enjoy it? I guess would be the. I did. Oh, Good. I yeah. love the job. Good. Absolutely love the job. Wouldn't trade the job in for, I mean, wouldn't trade it. I mean, and I probably could have kept that job as long as I wanted yeah. to, yeah. but I'm, I'm just not yeah. that kind of person in terms of, you know, um, I know I have to be doing meaningful work. Yep. Um, and I also understand opportunities to use my talent in other places where they're needed. Because at, at some point in city clerk, in that position, you kind of cap off. Yep. You know, I, I came in there, I had a vision because I had worked there already. So I knew everything that needed to be done. I mean, I ran on transparency and inclusion and I was able to do all of those things. I mean, one of the first things that I did um, was clean up all the recordings and um, we went on YouTube, Facebook, we, li we streamed live every council meeting through WNIT. Um, Comcast and AT&T so did that kind of the room that I the room that I did all that stuff in which is in the council chambers mm -hmm. um the city doesn't own it the county actually owns it and they kind of run it but they let me just do my thing in there and kind of like just take it over because I just upgraded all the technology and and did everything um so that was kind of my baby for a while but when I was running I asked Pete I said you know um would I be able to put a column, you know, in your in your water bill? And uh, he said, well, what are you going to put in there? And I said, well, you know, I've been, you know, paying attention to things that are going on. And when we talk about being inclusive and getting people information, I want to make sure that we're inclusive and we're meeting people where they are and we're getting them information um, that is user-friendly. They don't have to do a whole lot to get it. Um, and that's meaningful. Because um, information is power. So he was like, sure. I said, he said, what are you going to put in it, though? I said, you know what? I'm going to put in, I'm going to put information in there that's not sexy, it's not fun, but educational, things that people need to know. Um, you have some people, and the reason I said the news, uh, the water bill, was because you have not everyone in our city, elderly, are going to go online and look up the ordinances. For sure not. Nope. But then you also have 
a, a segment of our city that's that's marginalized that may just not be able to afford internet. Yep. However, if you live in the city, everybody gets a water bill. So the information that I would put in there is like, hey, you know you can't be in the park after 11 p.m. or you can get fined. A lot of people don't know that. I mean, it's general information, but I'm in the grocery store or anywhere I'm, wherever I go, people are like, thank you so much for putting that information <laughs> in the water bill. Because <laughs> it's stuff that is not fun stuff and nobody knows where to get it. They don't, I mean, and sometimes you don't even know to ask this stupid stuff. Right. You know, you yeah. don't know. <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. Right. <laughs> so, um, just getting people information and so that was a that was a good one then i started amnesty day um because we wanted to be more welcome friend, friendlier and gentler to the yeah. people coming downtown to do business because we want people to come downtown it's like i'm a clerk i don't have a whole lot that i can do but how do i come up with something innovative and people feel like wow the city did something for me and you've probably answered this but is amnesty day going to live on Absolutely. Oh, it's, it's, I mean, it's in the books, so it's, okay. it's law now. <laughs> it's in the books. Um, so in that package, it was a whole parking uh, package. And in that package, um, your first ticket is a warning. Um, yeah, so, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, Amnesty Day was a good hit. And one of the things I, I talked about, too, was expanding that. Like, if I was still there, um, I worked on that, um, expanding that out into the um, – ordinance violations because mm -hmm. the clerk is over the ordinance violations bureau so expanding that out um to kind of do something really similar with fines that you get in the city for cleanup or whatever right. um just to say hey we're here to work with you fines are not for us to make money off of fines are to change behavior because right. we want a good city yep. and so we we want we want people to understand that like we want we want to say that these are our values but we want to show you also these are our values right. you know it's to change behavior we don't gain anything yeah yeah we don't gain anything i mean it costs us more to send someone out to do it and inspect and all of that but in the grand scheme of things we want our city to be safe we want our city to be clean and we want it to be welcoming so um yeah those are some of the things in the clerk's office and um really helping the council with their brand and to get out there you know um you know, Facebook, YouTube, some of the other platforms, Instagram that they weren't using because one of the things about the council um, with the clerk, you're the clerk of the council. So you kind of, me and my team, my staff, we kind of manage the council and their constituency base. And we're one of the only offices that a person can walk right in and see their elected official because we have 311 now, which is great. Right. But, you know, if you really want to talk to your elected official or, or get right directly to them, you should be able to because we're a small enough town. Um, so really trying to help them because most of the time people see the council members, they only see them when something's going wrong. They go to them when something's going wrong or they're passing a controversial bill or a controversial budget. But the thing is, they do a whole lot of good. I mean, there's a lot of good things that they initiate, but, you know, people don't really see that. So, <laughs> so, well, trying to, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, definitely trying to highlight them, um, you know, just kind of did a remodel of the whole office, um, just striving for excellence and, and uh, great service throughout the city and just making sure that I support all my uh, constituents, all the department heads, making sure we supported them to the fullest um, and exactly who we're saying that we are as a city, that that the clerk's department reflects that. Yep. So... 
So let's move to your transition to mm -hmm. uh, CFO at South Bend Schools. Uh, I think uh, August 1 was August the official 1. date, right? Yes. So take us through, I guess you can start with when you started to realize this was going to be a, your reality or a possibility and then how the transition itself has gone so far. Okay. Um, initially, um, I was, and I, <laughs> I was really on a call doing something else. I, I mean, I was on a call doing service. I was helping the school with something that they said, hey, we need a community person to help. So I was there. Um, I was in the school um, kind of helping with another initiative that they had, and that's how the whole thing kind of came about. Um, after that was over, I was approached, and I was just like, you know, I was flattered. I was honored, but I'm like, no way, you know, because, you know, like, I'm doing a job that I love. I love being city clerk. But also at the end of the day, I do think about, okay, what's my next move going to be? And you kind of, like I said, you kind of cap off in certain positions, right? Um, so I was approached and I'm like, yeah, I'm honored, I'm flattered, but you gotta be kidding me. They're like, no, we're serious. And I'm like, okay. And so I didn't put much thought into it because I, I was running for office. Um, and I was like, no, but however, I was already, I was on a, I ran. I was unopposed. I led the ticket. Probably got the I got the most uh, votes on the ballot. Um, had no intentions of because I I said to myself too that I would do two terms. Just because usually the first term you're just like kind of you know building your team. You're doing a reorg and you're putting things in place. And so I had done all those things kind of quick and moved kind of aggressively. Part of it was because I was already in the office and I knew exactly what to do. Um, but I had pretty much done everything that I wanted to do in the clerk's office, but I also wanted to be there to support. We were already, we're in a big transition with Pete leaving, right? right? And I knew before I took this job that Pete was leaving. So that, that's a huge transition for the city. Although we knew it was gonna come eventually, mm -hmm. but that's still a huge transition. And then you got five new council members coming in. So that was a big transition. And I'm the person in there that's the full-time elected official that's stable so for me the first thing in my mind is like no I owe it to the people you know I'm gonna be here another term but um, so I kind of said no and then like 60 days later or so the opportunity it comes back to me again like this was opened up for a search and we didn't get what right. we wanted so Will you consider it? And so the fact that it came back to me again, I started to think about it a little bit more. It's the universe speaking to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started to think about it a little bit more. And I'm like, why is this thing coming back? Like, so, um, and the more I thought about it, I mean, I don't want to get religious, but I, you know, I prayed about it, talked to my family about it, and like, why is this thing coming back? Um, but a couple of the things that, you know, my thought pattern in the whole thing is, um, you know, I know myself and I have to do meaningful work. Um, when they approach me, I'm, I'm like, okay, CFO, but I don't really have a financial background. But a lot of times what I realize is that um, most CFOs now are helping companies or organizations to make better business decisions. Yep. And the one thing I know about myself is that that has been my strength. Governance has been my strength. Um, every every department that I've worked in, I mean, I, I care about people. Every department I work in, work, have worked in, I've moved up really quickly. Um, 
and like I said, I sit on a bunch of different boards and stuff and governance just has really kind of been my strength. And um, after kind of questioning whether I should look at it or not, I began to look at it. And when I began to look at it, um, I realized that my strengths and what I bring to the table would probably really actually help. Um, then the other thing was in the city, we always talk about um, creating a pipeline, a pipeline here for people, people that either left here, we want them to either come back or they're going to school here, we want them to stay here. Right. But the problem, it, the, one, of the bigger pro one of the bigger problems, and I heard it so much when I was on the campaign trail, was about our school system. Mm -hmm. And the schools and uh, the city of South Bend are two total different entities governed, I mean, they don't collide. I mean, they work together, but they're totally separate branches of government. Um, and a lot of people think that the city of South Bend runs the school, <laughs> we don't. Yeah. Um, but when we talk about type, uh, pipelines and we talk about an ecosystem and we talk about our local economy, um, South Bend Schools is right at the forefront of that whole conversation. And even in my own life, you know, I think about, you know, making X amount of money, but having to send my kids to a private school, you know, just because the schools aren't in the space that they need Absolutely. to be in. And yeah. so, and then you also think about people that move here to take a job. They take a job in South Bend, but then they go moving, live in Granger so they could send their kids to Penn School. Mm -hmm. So that's income that's not being spent in South Bend. That's income that's being spent somewhere else. And so one of the things is that even though my kids don't go to South Bend schools, I've always prided myself and that's why I get so heavily involved and I've sat on the governance board for South Bend Schools, um, their IT board, um, because I'll do anything to help because I know how important it is. So um, thinking about all of those things and uh, what I bring to the table and that opportunities come far and few in between and that, uh, you know, South Bend Schools needs help. I'm not saying that I'm gonna be able to like, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a community issue. So it's gonna take all of us. Um, but I thought I'd take my talents and, and try to, try to help kids. So what does a typical day for you look like now? I mean, I imagine it's pretty different than when you were city clerk. Yeah, it's, it's uh, very different. Are, are they typical, do they typically look the same from day to day? Are you kind of bouncing everywhere? Um, I mean, what's as typical as possible for you? Bouncing everywhere yep. right now. Yep. Um, just, I think more of it is because for one, I'm new. And I'm trying to figure out the lay of the land, right? Um, so a lot of meetings with different people, um, whether it's stakeholders or um, um, internal departments. Um, yeah, so, and, and I mean, and then vendors, you mm -hmm. know, people that we do business with um, to try to figure out how, what the relationship is and what it looks like. So meeting a lot of people but also what makes it tough is that i come in at a time that is their busiest cycle because school's just starting yep so you got some demands and some needs that have to happen right now so um trying to balance the you know the learning and the what's on the dashboard for me right now because this is your responsibility <laughs> <laughs> um it's a lot so what are some of the Name just a couple of like the top line issues that you're facing right now and uh, 
Uh, I know it's. I know you have a lot of short-term things you have to work on right now with school just starting, but maybe a couple of the long-term um, issues that you'd really like to get after <clears throat> and start planning for. One of them <laughs> um, is a referendum. Mm-hmm. We're, um, you know, we have to do more with less, and uh, we're facing going into a deficit because of the students that we're losing due to um, school choice, mm-hmm. uh, but also this is the year of the one, two, three property tax cap, the physical curve, where we lose money from that as well. Um, so the schools have been put kind of in a in a in a position that is uh is challenging, mm-hmm. a very challenging position. Um, and one of the things I would say is coming in and like really looking at everything. They have not misappropriated or mismanaged funds at all. I mean, their books have balanced every year. I mean, they haven't done that. I I, I think um, we all can make better business decisions and try to be more strategic and innovative with the resources that we have. You get to a point where you have to do those things because if you don't, you won't survive. Um, but we've been facing a position where if we don't do something, we're going to have to either shut, we'll be either shutting down schools. Um, so for me, that's that's one of my, um, and, and I wouldn't say it's really long-term because it's something that's probably gonna happen right, in the next yeah. year, yeah. Um, but it's a big deal. I mean, it's a really big deal. I mean, anytime you're asking for property uh, for a, a tax increase, um, that's a real big deal. So we were speaking uh, before we started about how a lot of our listeners kind of fall in the younger demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get to some of the fun stuff, the last question that we like to ask everybody. Um, so, I mean, you moved in high school. You said you, you tried the real estate thing and then ended up uh, being bankrupt a few years later. For younger listeners that are listening and say, I want to do what Karima did or I want to end up at the same spot she's at now, um, what's a couple pieces of advice you would give them? Um, one of the things that I would say is, um, try it. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to take risk. And, um, I appreciate, I live in it, coming from a bigger city and living in a bigger city because I think I just dreamed a little bit more. Yep. Um, so like when I did some of the things that I did back then, I'm like, man, I was fearless. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but you almost have to be that way because I, I went from that to then I started working in the assessor's office. Like maybe um, right after I filed bankruptcy, maybe a year later, I opened up the clothing store. Mm-hmm. Um, Urban, so styles. I, Urban Styles. Urban yeah. Styles. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I would say try it. No experience is ever going to be a bad experience if it's something that you want it to do. So I, I would say not to be afraid and to try it. And then another thing I would say is early off in your life, you should, and it may change from time to time, but you should make a personal mission statement for yourself. Ooh, they, I like that. They really do help. They help. I haven't heard that on the show either. I like that <laughs> a lot. I like that. Yeah. So So about what age did, uh, was that? Or what age I, would you say somebody should probably start doing that? I'd say like 17. Okay. 17 years Toward old. Toward the end of high school. Toward the end of high school, yeah. you should have a personal personal mission statement for yourself because the thing about that is they got 
it's guidance for you. It's guidance for your moral compass. It's, it's guidance for when you try things and they don't work out. I mean, it's just got, it's something that brings you back. It's something that snaps you, snaps you back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so, um, that's one of the things that I, I would I would say to a younger younger person that helps. And as the years go on, you tweak it. I mean, you know, you tweak it as the years go on or whatever. But that's one of the things that um, has helped me help keep me grounded. That's fantastic. And uh, I think a lot of listeners are going to uh, really get some actual pieces of advice out of that. That being said, do you want to get to some more fun questions? That of are course. A little more off the wall? <laughs> So the first one I have here, um, you mentioned you played basketball a little bit. Yes. Okay. So, so with this question, we'll have to see. So you you get one free throw, okay? If you make it, you're given a million dollars. But if you miss it, you can never text again. Are you shooting, or are you just letting it go? Are you gonna take the chance? I'm not taking the chance. You're not taking the chance. <laughs> <I'm> taking the <laughs> chance. <laughs> you got to be able to text. <laughs> you're not. Although I'm not a great te texter, <laughs> yeah. I have to be able to text. <laughs> okay. Let's do... Um, That's a good one. <laughs> would you rather miss the last 10 minutes of like every TV show, every movie, or the last 10 minutes of every sporting event? Wow. That one's real tough for me. I don't it sure even know. is. I don't even know which one I'd do. Of every movie... Or TV show. It's like you have a favorite show mm -hmm. and it's 50 minutes long. At 40 minutes, you're cut off. Every movie you watch is two hours. At an hour 50, you're cut off. But then again, if you're watching the NBA Finals and LeBron's just starting to cook with 10 minutes to go, you're cut off. You can't watch the end. I take the sports. You would give up sports or you'd keep sports? Keep sports. Keep sports? <laughs> give up the others? Yeah. Hey, I, it's tough, but I think that's what I do too. It would drive me nuts not being able to watch the end of games. Because <laughs> a lot of the – here's the thing with that. I'll tell you why I just thought about yeah, that in my mind. I can see that it came to you like immediately. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you why I thought about that. A lot of times in a lot of movies, I could almost predict what's oh, going to happen at the end. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. With the basketball game. Yeah. You can't make that yeah. stuff up. <laughs> it's like I say in the school corporation sometimes. Some of the stuff that goes on here, you can't make this stuff up. So when you're watching sports, is it usually basketball? Yeah. 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 But well, I, we I watch all sports because my son plays baseball, my yeah. daughter is basketball, and then my son plays football too. So we watch pretty much all sports. Awesome. Yeah. And before we move to the next question on the other side, do you have any TV shows that you like either all time or that you're watching right now? Um, I don't really watch TV. Probably um, don't have a ton of time, but yeah, for people I, like me that do have time to watch yeah, TV. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't um I like Game of Thrones. Okay. Yep. And you got all the way through it. You're not like catching up now. Oh, no. I'm catching up. Yeah. Oh, you are. Okay. Yeah, catch okay. up. Yeah, right. catch up. <laughs> so, um, what is the worst advice that you see or hear, like kind of in your realm or your world? Uh, it could have been with the city clerks or a CFO now. Just a bad piece of advice that you seem to hear over and over. Uh, you know. A bad piece of advice. Yeah. Wow, that's a great question. That's a great question. Thank you. I appreciate that. That is. <laughs> Look, I gotta scratch my head on that one. Um, I'll say this. Okay. I do not think it's a bad piece of advice, but I think it's overrated. Okay. People always say that you need to have balance, balance in your life. And while that's true, and that's a real thing, Sometimes when you are trying to accomplish certain things in your life, there's going to be seasons where you're not 
going to have balance and it's impossible or if you do it's not going to happen yeah you're trying to do so i think that that whole you can you can do everything and everything that you do you know you should strive for balance i think that's overrated i like that one yeah (laughs) so have you ever been stuck in an elevator Oh my God, yes. And is I'm, it with, I'm claustrophobic. So, so much. So I don't ride them at all. Like, oh my it's God. Been ye- it's been years oh my since God. I stepped. When we had Mayor <laughs> Pete on, he uh-huh. said he gets stuck all the time over there. Oh my God. I was just. Have in, you been on oh, whatever it, elevator he's always stuck? Yeah. It, it's that bad. Thing always, oh my God. It's always. You could not stuck. pay me enough to step on that elevator. Oh my God. Oh my God. Don't so, how did you handle it? I hit the button a million times. You've only been stuck once or multiple times? Multiple times. Oh, hit no. the button, hit the button. <laughs> and one time, because, you know, I'm notorious for working after hours. Working, you know, because for me, I mean, I'll, work, I'll come in at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'll be in the building sometime at 10 o'clock at night. You I might mean, be the only one there? Sometimes. But they always have a maintenance <laughs> person in the building. Okay. But it's just a matter of I hope they're not like outside smoking a cigarette or you watching know. Netflix. Or yeah. Something. So sometimes like in that case I'll take the steps. But yeah, I've been stuck a couple of times in panic and knocking on the door. How long were you stuck? Probably one time, a good five minutes. A good five. I'd minutes. I'd pass out. I couldn't. Did your cell phone work? I didn't even have a phone on me. Oh. Man. <laughs> didn't even have a phone because I was just running downstairs for something and I didn't even have a phone. My phone was in the office. My cell phone was in my office. So on the tip, for your job now, do you have to ride like an elevator every day or no? Yes. Yes. But it's a newer building. Better so elevator? Elevator, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you have no problems elevator. getting on it? Mm-mm. Okay. I don't have any problems getting right. on it. But I am claustrophobic and I do kind of panic like, you know, sometimes the elevator will stall and I'm like, oh God. That's the worst. So You know, that is one of my biggest, like, you know, you have a night, like one of your biggest fears. Yeah. For me, would be like just getting stuck in the elevator. Yeah, that that is my biggest fear. Really? <laughs> I it's been years since I've uh, been on one, well, with one exception. But when I did ride them, the most nervous and anxious moment is always like when it stops and you're waiting for the doors to open. I know. It's like, I are know. they going to open? <laughs> so you're more scared it's of it being thing. stuck than dropping. You're just it's oh, the it's stuck both. aspect. This both. See, the, the dropping doesn't bother me. You know, if I gotta go, I'll go. But being stuck for like oh. hours, yeah, both. I couldn't do it. Would you rather, speaking of being stuck, would you rather be stuck in Jumanji or Jurassic Park? Have you seen both movies? Yes. Okay. Jurassic Park. Really? You want to roll the dice with dinosaurs, huh? Yeah. See, I think a raptor would hunt me down immediately. Rob's here sitting in with us. I asked him before you came on. He also said Jurassic Park. Really? Well, he said like a T-Rex will just stomp me and it'll be a quick death. I, I can deal with lions and tigers. I'll get... I mean, I can't deal with them, but in my head, I could deal with them. Really? I'd give it a shot. I'd pick Jumanji. You would? Yeah. I can't have a raptor. You see Jurassic Park and like that tall grass and the raptors? Yeah. Just... No. <laughs> Not for me. Maybe I'll just look at that like it's more fun. Like it's a better atmosphere. Oh. They might be more so friendlier. You so you weren't thinking yeah. life and death? No. Okay. You were thinking, hey, it'd be cool to see a dinosaur. Yeah. Okay. That's a more fair way to look at it. Yeah. Did you, um, when you saw Jumanji, did you see the original one with Robin Williams? Yes. Or the new one with the, the, the original, Rock? the yeah. original one. Original, yeah, it's better. Let's do. Um, is there something really weird or unsettling that happens to you on a regular basis? Like on my end, it would be like just like 
tingling fingers or toes or something. I, I always go on like WebMD and I diagnose myself with some kind of cancer or terrible disease. Oh, but is there anything like on a regular um, basis you're like, this is pretty weird? Hmm. On a regular basis, that's pretty weird. I can't really think Nothing? of anything. Um, Man. So, so you're not uh, like you're not a hypochondriac? I'm, Will you like if you have an illness? Will you like go to oh, I'm Google? A hypochond- yeah, and, I'm a hypochondriac and be like, I sure. have cancer. I'm dead. Oh no, no, no! I won't say I have cancer. Okay. <laughs> I just, I just look everything up. Like I just, I'm not a hypochondriac, but I look everything up. And the, the like the littlest thing, I'm going to a doctor. Yeah. Like the least little thing, and I do the same thing with my kids. And my mom's like. <laughs> That's why your kids are always sick. You don't don't expose them to anything because they're like, you don't expose them to anything. They need to be exposed to a little dirt or something. If you could have one thing free for the rest of your life, and we can talk broad. So, I mean, it could be gas. It could be groceries. uh, It could be tickets to sporting and entertainment events. One thing free the rest of your life. It could be vehicles. What would you pick? Vehicles. Vehicles? Vehicles, yes. What kind of ride would you get? Mm, I would get, um, there's one vehicle that I like. I think of the name. It starts with an M. With an M? It starts with an M. Maybach? Not Maybach. Not Mercedes. Um, It's not a Maybach. It's not a Mercedes. It starts with an M. Luxury vehicle starts with M. I've only seen one in New York. Maserati. No, it's not a Maserati. No, no, it starts with the M. What is the name of it? Um, I can't think of it. Um, I've only seen one in New York. Mustang, M3, M4, Monte Carlo, Montana, Maximum Mirage. You, you want to know? I'll be completely honest with you. It's probably one of these other ones, but I'm not positive what? I can pronunciate the word. Let me see. Okay. And I could pronounce it. Is it any of these? We're currently looking at a Google page um, that's listing a bunch of M's. No, it's, it's, it's not. It's um. You're positive shoot. it starts with an M. I believe it's an M. It's um. Shoot. It's gonna come to you. And, and now I'm gonna be mad. You can tell me later, and I will post it to our social media. Okay. So everybody that's listening, this is screaming right now, <laughs> saying it is fill in the blank. Yeah. We know. We'll post it on social okay, media. Okay. Good deal. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's do one more uh, before you get out of here. Would you rather be filthy rich in 1900? Or poor right now. Fifty rich in nineteen hundred. Yeah, I mean you have to. You're you have to live in nineteen hundred is the catch. Right yeah. now. Fifty rich in nineteen hundred. Just like, like, I don't even know if this time period matches up, but like a Rockefeller in nineteen hundred, like something like that. Yeah. Like one of the richest people in the world. Yeah, because the thing about that is, think about how much you could do with that. Yeah. Especially for some like a person like me, like a minority, right? How much you could do with that in terms of because wealth is one of the things that like, you know, if if someone is exposed to that early off, I mean, yeah. your life is different generations and generations down, right? So I would say You're making the now look very different if you're filthy yeah. nineteen hundred, yeah. Yeah. So I am gonna sneak one more in before we get oh, to that's here. Cool. So this one's pretty tough. Who do you think would win in a fight? On one side, we have 10 10-year-olds, and on the other side, we have 100 100-year-olds. It's a brawl. Who's winning? 
Oh, wait. <laughs> 100. 100 year olds. 100 is pretty old. Keep me that's pretty mm-hmm. old. There's 100 of them. Okay. And then 10 10 year olds. The 100 year olds. Really? Mm-hmm. Just strength in numbers? You think they'll have Not, some old hockey tricks, well, veteran moves? Yeah, the thing <laughs> is, yeah, they, they, <laughs> they'd have some old moves. Like, they, they would win. Because, and even though some of them may have old timers or whatever, I mean, you got enough of them that would be able to do something. It would be um, their institutional knowledge of what to do. Like, yeah. just. And they'd group up and scheme. Yeah, like yeah. they would, their institutional knowledge of what to do, even if they couldn't do it well, they would outsmart the 10 year olds, and that's how they would win. See, this is why you're a good CFO. Because I just look at it and I'm like, oh, the 10, 10 year olds. But you're actually like no. looking at layers of it. Yeah, they would outsmart them. I mean, like they would get together. So they, what they would probably do is go into groups of 10. Okay, groups so of 10 old 10 men. Groups of 10. 10 groups of 10. 10 groups of 10. One per 10 year old. And this is what we're going to do to his little butt. <laughs> and they would kick their butts. <laughs> so, I, yeah, they, they win. Okay. I am still lying. I'm going to do one more. Okay, so <laughs> I give a good you. Question. This is funny as heck. <laughs> if I give you a billion dollars, a billion but dollars. I say okay. you can never leave the state of Ohio. You're stuck. You're in Ohio for the rest of your life with your billion dollars. Do you do it? A billion in Ohio. Yeah, you can never leave. A billion in Ohio. I'm trying to just think. A of billion what. dollars, or you got and you got to live in Ohio, or you can just go on with your life as is. I'm going on with my life as is. <laughs> you're not. You're not stuck in Ohio. <laughs> Love to hear that. <laughs> Pretty good, yeah. I mean, they do have a lake there, but still. I mean, it's it's Ohio. I mean, I'm just yeah. thinking about like, what could I do? I mean, I could build this <laughs> out, and I could bring all the people to me, or I mean, you can fly them in private. But I, I mean, mean talking about no. You can do from 1900. No. <laughs> I, you, you you're right. You basically would be living in 1900 in Ohio. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, you're right. That is a good. That is a good one. That's a good one. Karima, thank you for coming on. Um, before really get you out of here, I'm going to remind everybody to uh, subscribe and rate South Bend Beat on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Uh, you can find us on social media at South Bend Beat on all the channels. And uh, is there anything you'd like to plug before you get out of here? It can be uh, social media channels or uh, anything people want to check out. Anything you'd like to um, plug? I don't have anything right now. Okay. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything currently. We'll still put um, whatever social media you do want plugged. We'll put it in the show notes if people'd like to follow along with Karima. Um, otherwise, you can just Google her name and kind of see what she's been up to. Awesome. Um, I need to update all my social media platforms. You know, from transferring over. Yeah. So yeah. hey, but I um yeah. That's what I need to do right now. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming by. It was a ton of fun. Yeah. And uh, I think everyone's going to love this one. Yeah, thank you. This was fun. (laughs) This was fun. It was different. That's great.